It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about some pitching. Right now, the Reds pitchers and catchers have reported and are working out in Goodyear, Arizona, getting ready for the season. This weekend will be when the position players are due to report on Sunday. And the first full team workout will be this coming Monday. So let's focus on some pitching. Let's focus on the bullpen. The Reds actually made a move a couple of days ago, signing Cam Bedrosian to a minor league deal with invite to spring training. Going to talk a lot about that. And David Bell said something in a Zoom interview yesterday that absolutely has me fired up about the bullpen because if you know how I feel about the save statistic, about the one closer mentality, all this other stuff. What he said lines up perfectly with what I want him to say. We'll get into all of that here in just a minute. If you are not already a subscriber, though, I encourage you click that subscribe button right now. That way you don't miss anything I've got coming out for you this spring training or this season. Look, I get it. The offseason has been frustrating. They didn't add the players that we wanted them to add. I'm still excited for a good year of Reds baseball. I still think that they've got a shot to compete in this division. There's going to be lots about that all year long here on the Locked On Reds podcast, and you're not going to want to miss it at all. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right, so the Reds made a move, and and it's interesting because – When you hear in the news that they sign so-and-so to a minor league deal with invite to spring training, that typically means not a whole lot. Like when they signed D. Strange Gordon, I think we all had a collective groan, especially with the guys of we were hoping they were getting a shortstop. But when you see that non-roster invitee designation, you're not thinking much of the guy. You're thinking, okay some kind of retread, some guy that they're hoping he can get better and be useful to the team. Cam Bedrosian is very interesting in that regard because he's been pretty good. In fact, he's played seven years and he has a career ERA of 3.7. He's got a career strikeouts per nine of 9.4. Now, last year, in a tiny sample size, Granted, he threw a total of 244 pitches. The fact that I could even count that high means that he didn't throw a whole lot. But in a small sample size, that came down. The strikeouts came down. The walks ticked up a little bit. His velocity was down slightly. It's something that 
obviously the Reds bring him in knowing they've got Derek Johnson and Eric Jagers and Kyle Bodie who can help with that. They can help him get right, but he is a spin master. He fits perfectly into the moniker of hashtag Spincinnati because he spins a mean slider. He spins a mean fastball, and he's pretty good with both those pitches. It's funny because if you look at StatCast, it says that he also throws a split finger, but by throwing a split finger, that means that he's literally thrown it 16 times in the last two years. He only threw it three times in 2020. So it's not as if we're really going to count that as a third pitch. So he's got two really good pitches. And when you look at his numbers over the last two years, he had a 2.45 ERA in 11 appearances last season. He threw a total of 14 and two-thirds innings pitch. So again, something I say a lot with 2020, and maybe I should just retire it right now. Maybe we should all just agree that we all understand, Jeff. We get it. You don't have to repeat it 9 million times. Small sample size. Yes, I know. Okay. If we're talking about 2020, we all understand small sample size. In 2019, he had 61 and a third innings pitched to a 3.23 ERA. ERA plus of 144. He's a pretty decent reliever. And really, when you think about it, it's kind of strange that he was even available. It kind of looked like the Angels were just avoiding giving him a raise in arbitration. Now, part of that might be because they traded for a former Reds reliever in uh, Rice Iglesias, so maybe they didn't think they needed him. But this is a chance for the Reds to replace a bullpen spot in a very cost-effective way. And in fact, when you look at the entire bullpen... It's all very cost-effective. What did I say coming into the offseason? The Reds have a lot of, not really expensive, but when you compare them to the Tampa Bay Rays and the way that they set up their bullpen, it's a pretty expensive bullpen. They've gotten rid of Archie Bradley. They've gotten rid of Rysel Iglesias, which, according to Spot Track, was going to be about $14 million between those two guys. They added Sean Doolittle. They added Cam Bedrosian. They added guys like Brandon Bailey, Art Warren, CNL Perez, Hector Perez, all of those different guys. They've got a, we're going to call them the Louisville Cavalry, right? Because they have options and they can move between the bats and the Reds. So whenever the Reds need some help, they can make a call to the Louisville Cavalry and bring in a guy to help them out in the bullpen. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to trademark that name, Louisville Calvary. Or, you know, if Cincy Shirts wants to throw me a couple of bucks for that idea, who knows? Hopefully it's worth the idea. But uh, these guys all represent low-cost options of building a better bullpen. What was one thing early on in 2020 that we were all worried about? It was the bullpen. The performance of Michael Lorenzen, which got lots better as the season moved on, though his season ERA stayed at 4.28. Early on, he couldn't get anybody out. Early on, Nate Jones looked all right, but he was having trouble getting people out. Robert Stevenson was bad last year. Jose De Leon was bad last year, although they say that he's gotten better. And and according to his performance in the winter leagues, he looked awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table for the Reds. But overall, it looks like the Reds have kind of trimmed the fat a little bit. And they've added some guys who, yeah, Sean Doolittle needs to figure out how to get that velocity back. Cam Bedrosian needs to figure out how to get that velocity back. But it doesn't seem like that hard of a thing to do. You're talking about guys who have had success in their past. So you have guys who could be multiple options. Does anyone need to squint really hard? Does anyone need me to uh, compare and point out 
that both Bedrosian and Doolittle have a very good chance to be better than Nate Jones? I don't think so. Nate Jones was one of the most used relievers on this uh, bullpen last season. I think both those guys can be better than him. And when you're talking about replacing Rysel Iglesias, I I think that the Reds are able to do that with a group of guys. And I'm going to tell you why the Reds even agree with me on that here in just a minute. So between Sean Doolittle, Cam Bedrosian, and the Louisville Cavalry, the Reds have really put together an awesome, low-cost, sort of low-floor, but also high-ceiling bullpen. A bullpen that could be very good for them down the stretch, because what do you need to win playoff games? You need a good bullpen. And I think the Reds are putting that together. They've also got something that I think is key in this game of baseball, in in this iterance. And people seem to balk at this idea, but I think David Bell's on board. Because I've talked to you before about my feelings on having one closer, on having the guy who has to come in at the end of the game and get the final three outs, get the final two outs, maybe the final four outs, depending on the situation. I think it's silly. I think you need a bullpen of guys where, yeah, there's a bullpen ace, but he's a guy who comes in in the highest leverage situation during the game, whenever that is. If it's the seventh, if if it's the eighth, if it's the sixth. Different things. It doesn't have to be the final three outs. Listen to David Bell talking about uh, his view on the bullpen this season. I love it because C. Trent asked uh, this question. How do you see the back of your bullpen, especially, um, say, say the closer spot and, and how you use the closer um, with, with Rysel no longer here? We feel really good that we have a lot of options at the back end. Um, you know, I... I've said this before, the idea is to have enough, have a lot of options. And when you're winning a lot of games, you know, the availability changes from night to night. Um, as we know, the, the seventh and eighth inning can at times be more, as important or more important than the ninth. Um, you're facing different lineups, you're facing different teams. So the more options we can have, um, you know, at the back end, the better. So, so I guess my message in, in, uh, you know, the focus for our pitchers, just, just prepare themselves and get ready for the season to, to help us win games. And, and, and that's not to say that, you know, roles aren't important or, you know, pitchers or players or any of us don't like to know our roles. I know that that's important, um, but it's just too early to, to, to really define that. And um, the more options we have, the better. In a, in a perfect world, do you have a closer, a guy that you say is your closer? I know in a perfect world, some of your guys would love to for you to call them your closer. <laughs> in a perfect world, we have several options um, for guys that can close, and we do. That that you know that's that's perfect for me. And then 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 it you know becomes a really tough decision. Um, you know, I, I I think to some degree, it, it, in a perfect world, you could define exactly what the roles are. Um, but I don't, I don't. I also think having some some flexibility within that and um, freedom to to uh, maybe do things a little bit different on some days or some games, depending on, like I said, the, the lineup or um, you know different variables that come up. But but I think the communication is really important. And making sure that our pitchers understand how decisions are made. Yes, I 
Love that. That is exactly how the bullpen mentality should be. Give me a group of guys, not not some guys that I feel good about coming in in the middle innings. And but if they, if we're getting late, we got to go to this one guy. We got this one guy who he can only pitch the final three outs of the game. That's the most useless thing in the entire world. Give me a group of guys who can come in whenever they are needed. And I love that that is David Bell's mentality. Now, say what you will about the guy, and I still am one that deems myself on the fence when it comes to David Bell's future, but this is something I love about his philosophy. And who knows? I mean, they said that it was contract repurposing or, you know, repurposing salary money and different things like that when it came to trading Rysel Iglesias. But who here has already forgotten the fight? that he had with David Bell two years ago about the fact that he hated pitching in non-save situations. Not necessarily pitching in the ninth inning when the Reds weren't ahead, but pitching in any inning but the ninth. He hated it. He said that that was not the best way to use him. He had already predetermined how he was going to be useful for the team. Give me a group of guys who are able to pitch whenever they are needed and get that out. If we got runners on the corners with one out and we got the big bopper for the other team at the plate, I want to know that I can call on my bullpen ace and him not be, oh, well, it's not the ninth inning. No, I want a guy that wants to come in and wants to get that third strike and get out of that jam whatever the inning is. And it sounds like David Bell is confident that he has those groups of guys. And it's not as if, because people are going to immediately say, well, Amir Garrett said that the closer job is his to lose. It's not as if Amir Garrett came out and said, well, I have to pitch and save situation. I have to pitch at the end of games. He says he wants to be the closer. What is the closer on a bullpen? He is the ace of the bullpen staff. And I think that if he were to win that job out of spring training, I think he would understand that. And I think he would revel in the fact that David Bell knows that he can go to Amir Garrett in any pressure pack situation, whether it be in the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, whatever inning it's in. And he knows that Amir Garrett's going to get him out of that. That's what I want out of these ace bullpen guys. And that's what I think David Bell is aiming for. That's what he's looking for. You haven't heard Sean Doolittle or Cam Bedrosian or Lucas Sims or TJ Antone or Michael Lorenzen. You haven't heard Jose De Leon. You haven't heard any of these guys coming out and saying, I got to pitch the final three outs of the game. And neither has Amir Garrett. So I think that they have the right mentality moving forward. And I'm excited to see how David Bell employs that because obviously, as we go back to an earlier podcast this week talking about David Bell's future, it's going to depend very heavily on how well he uses that bullpen and how well they come through for him whenever he puts them on the mound, but also how he deploys those guys, how he uses them in situations. Does he worry about the matchups? Does he go crazy with who has to pitch the final out of the game? Or does he just pitch his best guys against the most pressure-packed situations? And I think that is how they have set this bullpen up for him. I think the front office has made those moves with that in mind. And it's easier to do whenever you don't have high-priced guys that are in there like, well, I'm here to get saves. I'm here to get that last out of the game. That's what you're paying me for. Now, they got a bunch of guys who are pretty cost-effective. The most expensive reliever in the bullpen, should he not make the starting rotation, will be Michael Lorenzen. 
And he has the exact mentality that I want out of every single reliever. And that is whenever you need an out, I'm your guy. Whenever that is. So I'm excited to see how this bullpen plays out. And we're going to start seeing it. Obviously, we're not going to know a whole lot during spring training because you're getting guys work in. But we'll, we'll see how some of these different pitchers are throwing starting next Sunday. That's right. We are in the final weekend without baseball. Get excited, man. That, that, that just pumps me up. This is the final weekend without Reds baseball for at least the next seven months and hopefully the next eight months because that will mean that the Reds made the playoffs like we all figured and hoped that they would. But get excited because baseball is almost back. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Starting next week, at the beginning of next week, we have an off-the-beaten-path topic looking at ownership in baseball, sports ownership in general. We're going to take a look at the Green Bay Packers and how they're doing things and how that could possibly translate to how the Reds could do things. I I think this is an interesting thing, something worth fleshing out. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that it's something that's going to happen within the next year or something like that, but just an idea, something to think about. Also, next week on the podcast, Doug Gray will join me from RedLegNation.com and RedsMinorLeagues.com. We'll talk about spring training. We'll talk about this quiet offseason, everything from A to Z with Doug Gray next week. You're not going to miss that. Make sure you're subscribed. That way you don't miss that. And follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone. For questions, comments, reactions, whatever you've got, 513-549-0159. All right. Thank you again for downloading and listening today. I will talk to every single one of you next week. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.